I'll just start recording now. I'll just start recording now. Okay. Wow. What a magical day. Oh, fuck. All right. I'll let you get your mind in order. Can I just go make some coffee real quick? Hello. Well, then stop the recording, bro. And then start it when you're ready. My stop. Because then I'm going to have to edit through like me. Two. One. Showtime. Yo, what's up? It's your boy, a.k.a. The Love Ambassador, coming to you straight live and direct from the Jungle Studios. All right, now the one and only drum roll. Brrr, check side effects. Brrr. Mr. Philly, what's up, broski? Yo, man, how's it going? Thank you for that. Oh, Very pleasant introduction. Going, <laughs> nah, nah. Hey, I've got to admit, mate, I've got to admit, starting the podcast today, I am triggered. Now, usually you're triggered, I'm triggered today. And you know what it's about? Take a guess. Um. Uh, when you order fries with a meal, but they forget to put them in there. Oh my God. Have you actually had that happen to you before? Yeah, of course. All the time. Really? Yeah. Yeah, but I, how, does that, how can you forget to put fries in a fucking meal? Bro, I've ordered drinks like literally because like, I don't, you guys have grab in Australia, right? I don't remember. Yeah, we've got it's, uh, uh, Uber. But it's uh, same, same, same same stuff yeah i don't know i'll order stuff sometimes and it'll be uh like i'll ask for this side i'll ask for a drink and then it'll come and it'll be the wrong side no drink or drink with the food no side um yeah it's happened to be so often now that actually like even when i order food for like me and my girlfriend i don't get mad anymore she's the one who gets upset and she pulls in the complaints i'm just like nah it's like what what's the point they just give you like a five dollar refund. It's like I don't, I don't even want to talk to these people. I'm just gonna get upset. <laughs> so, like, just, just give me my 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 fryless burger with no. Maybe they're looking out for me. Maybe they're just looking out for my weight, and they're like, "Listen, buddy, we we think you could do without the fries." So, here's a side salad. <laughs> We've been noticing your orders and had too many chips. Yeah. We're doing you a favor. Now exactly. I tell you what, mine's a little bit, mine's a little bit more. Uh, uh, I don't know. Modern day parenting. There, mm. I said it. That's what's got me triggered. And I'll tell you why. Even though I don't know if you're going to ask me or not. So I live uh, to to paint the picture, right for our listeners. I live in a three bedroom two-story lock townhouse, but what would be called, I guess, terraces in the UK. So I've got shared walls. So on each side, the walls are shared with the neighbouring house. Mm -hmm. So as such, the backyards are what kind of pretty compressed in next to each other. Yeah. So my bedroom where I am is like right next to my neighbour's backyard and so on and so forth. And the thing is, right, Young kids, I'm all for the youth, love them, uh, would love to one day have some children myself, um, and I've got complete time to tolerate them, you know, making noise and crying and having the time of their life and kids being kids because let them enjoy their youth. Mm. But where I draw the line is these absolute freaking dipshit parents, right, that there's no discipline anymore. So what happens at like 7.30 a.m. on a Sunday morning or 8 a.m. on a Saturday, 
my neighbours with their young kids, they just let, not only do they let them out, but you, you put up with a little bit of screaming here and there, right? These fuckers yell from first thing in the morning to about 6pm at night. It's just non-stop screaming and yelling. And then the parents are trying to reason with them like they're 22-year-olds. And it's like, oh, because in case we get famous, right, and, and you know what Twitter's like, they're pretty ruthless. So I want to put this as like a real proper thing for future when I'm famous, mm-hmm. when we're famous. I don't advocate violence against children. I don't advocate bullying. I don't advocate ah. like you know, all that sort of stuff. But a little smack on the bum, just a little smack on the bum, a little pulling the child aside and saying, hang on a tick, you're the child. You can't dictate to me what to do. It's 7.30 a.m. on a Sunday morning where with neighbours, stop screaming your lungs out because it's disrespectful. But no, they try to reason with them. You got even crazier. So this kid now, right, he rules the roost. He rules, young Judy rules the roost, walks around, does whatever he wants. He starts pouring cold water on, like, his baby brother. Like, he gets a bucket of cold water and he throws it over his baby brother. <laughs> like, so you just hear this, like, woof, and, like, well, of course, because you're just throwing, like, cold water. So then the mum rocks up and then she's like, oh, Jude, mate, you know, what are you doing? You shouldn't be throwing cold water over your baby brother. That's not very nice. How, you know, then they start to reason, right? Both of us are Eastern Europeans, so we'll get to it. So she starts to reason. Oh, you wouldn't like it if you had cold water thrown on you, would you? That's not very nice. It's just not, would you like if I throw cold water on you? No. Oh, like this. Right? So, of course, the kid, because he rules the roost, starts challenging. So he's like, ah, oh, whatever. You can do it to me. Whatever. You can throw it at me. You're not going to do it. Whatever. Right? Do it. Do it. Dare you to do it. Dare you to do it. So then she goes, right, put out your hands and pours a little bit of cold water on his hands. But pandemonium breaks loose and he starts crying and screaming and everything. This is all at 8.30 on a Sunday fucking morning. Right? So I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, my God. All right. So anyway, long story short, I get get home, you know, God bless the Polish mother. I'm telling her this story. She's like, Jens, if you did that to your sister, straight away, cold water all over you. And I'm like, yeah. She would she'd dunk my head in cold water and hold it there. Because like that's what that's what the mod that's what discipline used to be like. But no, and, and now you see it everywhere you're gone, mate. Everywhere you go, you walk into the shops, the kids are, like, picking shit up and throwing it everywhere. You stand. My mother was at the movies with her friends. This kid comes up and starts kicking her in the shins. She's an old woman, so she, like, grabs a kid and says, like, don't you dare do that. I'm an older woman. Respect me. Then this kid's mum starts having to go at my mum, like, what are you doing? That Don't touch my child. She's like, your stupid kid was kicking me in the freaking knees. Like, you need to learn how to raise your children. And you yeah. see it everywhere, mate. Now now they grow up. They get older. Now they're on the Instagram. Now they're everyone, every, everyone's perfect. They live in this perfect world. Every, nothing goes wrong anymore. Nothing's kept in check anymore. So now they're all acting assholes to everyone else. 
they go on their Twitter and they start trolling. This is just modern. T- it just keeps it just keeps going and going and going because you know what? A, there's no discipline. B, there's no respect. C, no one's pulling them aside and saying you need to have basic manners. I'm so sick and tired of this modern parenting. It's fucking bullshit, mate. I want to have kids, like I said, I'd love to have them. But there's got to be rules and regulations. You can't reason with a fucking three-year-old. <sighs> Sorry, bro. No, it's it's that was, that was me being triggered. My my first question for you is actually is is how thin are your walls that you were able to hear all of these things go down, man? You must like they must be made of paper mache or something. No, because so, it's, so, uh... so to, answer, to answer your question and good question, I can't hear them in their house. So when they're when when we're in each other's house, they can yell and scream, and I can't hear them at all. It's only when they're outdoors when they're out in the backyard that I can hear them yelling and screaming. Um, I can't so hear them indoors. In the so, so if um. they're indoors, they can, if they're indoors, they can do whatever it is that they want to do because um, my house is built in the seventies back when, you know, masculinity was still a thing and people did proper labor these days, you know, they knew how to make houses and they made it with more solid brick and everything else you could find inside to make the walls like super thick. Yeah. So it's only when the kids are in the backyard. I just let them run amok. I've never looked more forward to winter before in my life, you know. Like, bring on the rain. At least I get some peace and tranquility in the morning from those maniacs. But that's the thing, mate. So it's, it's when they're in the backyard. So the problem is it's not just me because of the way that the way that it's set up as a row of houses. So when he's in the backyard yelling and screaming, like, it, it travels not to, to, to my my house but it travels to the house on the other side of the neighbors and everyone else so that's mm. why i'm saying like the, the parents are really being like hyper disrespectful to, to not just me as a neighbor it's, it's like everyone i mean the only good side is is that you know you can play music and do whatever you want at night time because if they ever complain it's like well you want to bring the ruckus let's rumble jeez no but i uh I I, uh, I I agree with you there, buddy, about the parenting. Though it's definitely different from when we were growing up, and you're older than me, so you know. But it's definitely yeah. different. It's it's probably gotten softer and softer. But I guess it also depends where you're where you're from, right? I mean, if you're uh, I don't know what the rules are in Australia, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if they were as strict as like say some Scandinavian countries, where if people find out you hit your kid and they report on you, the child services Jail. come and take him away. Yeah. Jail, bro. Yeah. So how can you hit your kid? You know, it's, it's, uh, oh man, I'm going to start going off on the government again. They really are the most useless bunch of people that ever existed. I can't think of a single government that I have any respect for. Like I, I, like some individuals are fine, but because individuals don't run it, it's just stupid. But how can you tell somebody that they can't discipline their kid? Like, how, first, how can you tell a parent they can't discipline their kid? I'm, obviously, I'm not saying you should abuse them, but there should be some discipline involved, right? And this is something that has occurred throughout human history. And you're just going to roll up and say, yeah, well, if you try to discipline them, then, you know, apparently you get sent to jail in Australia. Right now, we don't have, I don't think it's that bad in the US, but they, they will come and investigate. Like child services, if you, like if you're a kid, 
and you tell your teacher, at least when I was a kid, maybe it's worse now. And you tell your teacher like, oh, your parent hit you or something, uh, depending on how you like say they did it. Like if you were to be a little prick and lie about it, then for sure the teachers are going to call child services or something. And then they're going to send someone over there to investigate and then determine if you're in a safe environment, which as long as there's leeway to see like, yeah, we hit him because he, you know, threw cold water over his little brother. You know, if that was me, you know what I would do? I would wait till that little prick went to bed at like 7 p.m. And I would have got uh, like a bucket of ice water, not cold water. I mean, like ice water. And I would have <laughs> dumped it right on him in the middle of his sleep. So he would have pissed himself, woken up, and then I, would, I wouldn't have let him out of his room. I'd be like, you want to go sleep? Yeah. You can sleep in your wet bed, you prick. And then that's it. Right? But it's the, the, the jails for like obviously extreme cases, it's not like if you're smack your kid in the bum but yeah it's it's actually very like the the penalties here are sort of really extreme but look Mm. it used to be back in the day that kids would really get like you know the shit kicked out of them you know and it's still in quite a few countries they do so of course i'm not for that and there has to be there definitely has to be protection for that but there has to be i mean look you know had the smack had the wooden spoon the (laughs) fun the funniest was um <laughs> I was I was actually really naughty, and um, my mum, my mum, I think was cooking spaghetti bolognese mm. and the wooden spoon, and she's cracked it over my back, over my bum. Sorry. So she she would always just do the bum because she's always like, yeah, look, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat my kids, but I want to just slap them on the bum to to get them into into line. And then the wooden spoon snapped in half and ricocheted across the room. So I started laughing. Yeah, big mistake. <laughs> so I was like, oh, oh it snapped it up. Classic. <laughs> she's just like, Carly walked downstairs, got another knee, walked back up and said, all right, we're going to do it again, you smart ass. <laughs> oh, jeez. I think what my, uh, what, what I had was, um, I think what it all, at least in old school families, right? I, I would assume that it, when, you, when you were ever like, let's say hit, was it mostly your mom and your dad only very rarely? I had, I had complete, in, as we discussed previously, right? I had like role reversal in so many things in yeah. growing up. Yeah, but so my so my my dad, my actually my dad never ever yelled at me or my sister or got angry or touched us or uh, like nothing, bro, hmm. nothing. I've never I've never ever in my life seen well, my dad's never ever got mad at me. He's never said anything like disparaging or I'm disappointed. Nothing. Like it was just. Wow. Um, it was like one of those. Not. He was never really like very open emotionally with it, like kind of cuddling and I love you sort of thing. But then he would always write. He would he would put his emotions into writing. So you he know, sent you like, an email. You know, Jimmy, yeah, not an email. I am very not upset an email. With you. Been, been an old school, but he he would like he would like write occasionally in life. He would write letters to me because he's like he was born in 1950, right? So he's like that old school. 
So cards he would really like, like write like I'm proud of you and I love you and everything like that. And I remember once, because um, I actually I actually failed my last subject at university before I graduated because I was, I mean, I was just a mad party until basically COVID hit, right? Yeah. So I was kind of my own fault. Like I was, so yeah, I was a little bit loose uh, leading in. So I actually had got a job and I had to redo one subject at university as I was working. Uh, and eventually I got through that. And then my pops, like, just gave me this letter and said, oh, look, read it in your own time. And um, in it, he was like, I'm so proud of you because you showed in life that even when you failed at something, you, you weren't deterred by it and you, you took it on the chin like a man and you went back in and, I ended up getting like a high distinction in, in in the when I redid it, right? I just I just stuffed the exam up basically, right? And then they smashed the exam out. It was all like, really proud of you. you. Did so well. If you take that attitude in life, you're going to be wholly successful. Um, I remember another situation at the time I was uh, a, a ex girlfriend of mine from West Africa was going to move over, and I mm. didn't really talk about relationships or anything with him. Right. And at the time when she was coming over, I called him up and I was like, oh, look, you know, this girl from Nigeria is going to come over and, you know, gather and see how it goes and everything like that. Again, just before COVID hit. And he didn't even blink. He was like, yep, you know, you just got to try everything in life, son. You know, you got my full support. Just uh, if she's a good girl, then I'll stand and uh, support you on it and look forward to meeting her. And he said, like everything in life, you've got to give it a try. The disciplinarian was my mum. And and, I, and this is and this is where to go even a little bit deeper because my mum had me when she was she would get annoyed for talking age right but my mum had mm. me when she was nearly forty one right she was a couple oh. months shy mm. so she, when when we were kids and everything like that she was going through like you know menopause which for you know women our women listeners that either are going through it or have had seen their mums like your whole entire body obviously just goes completely fucking haywire during it right mm. so she was going through that <laughs> with young children so it was a bit of a fucking nightmare for her but she was like that old school polish doll that really like loved her children like loved her children like more than anything you could describe and and even to this day like she kind of looks at the way she looks at you as a mother is like yeah it's just pure love but that old school kind of, you're not you're not here to fuck around, you know. You're not going to embarrass me in front of. You're not going to embarrass me when you walk down the street with bad manners. You're not going to be disrespectful. You're not going to be out of line. You're not going to be some you know useless prick in the street. Like so, the discipline was highly uh, was was really in place, and it was and it was just like yeah, I remember. I remember once my sister, <laughs> once my sister like slapped me in the face, and I slapped her back, right? Because she was in the wrong, but I was only a kid. My mum was like, "Fuck!" She threw me down the stairs and hit me, and like had me on the couch, and she had tears in her eyes, and she's like, "No son of mine's ever to raise a hand to a woman, and you're never ever going to do that again over my dead body and that sort of stuff." Then mm. I never ever touched a woman again, and and that's why even with like violence to, against females after that experience, 
Like it makes me I actually feel physically sick when I hear about violence against women. But in in today's day and age, she'd be arrested for it, right? Do you know what I mean? Like she would be arrested for being that physical with her son. So yep. yeah, it was it was just like my mum was really like, yeah, she'd 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 whack me on the bum and she'd scream at me and yell and drag me and I remember the funny story was we used to we used to get um, free. Uh, my mum used to sell tablecloths and linen at Victoria Market. So as a kid, we did the same as well. And uh, we used to go to these wholesalers, the El Dorado brothers, mm. and um, they used to have free lollies. You know, those little strawberry, chili lollies and everything else for yeah. free. Yeah. So the sister and I, because we were like, God, I don't know, probably maybe five and seven or something like that. We were young kids. And, and we just kept taking more and more and more and more. So my mum's, like, left us to our own devices because we were with, like, the the old the old man there and just used to chat to the people as we sat and she'd buy everything. Anyway, so she comes back, she opens up the boot. And there's fucking lollies everywhere, bro. Like, there's lollies fucking everywhere. So she's like, what the the fuck is going on? You're supposed to take one lolly. Mm. These are my people I'm doing business with, and you've racked off like 500 500 lollies and packets. And, mate, we're all all fucking hyped up like junkies off the sugar. So we're tripping balls, <laughs> tripping balls in the back seat. So she grabs both of us by the collar, gets us. We've got these like bro, arm, arm full of fucking shit ton of lollies. Yeah. And we drag, drags us in. She sits us in front of the El Dorado brothers. And then she's like, you're just disrespecting me. That's so disrespectful. And, and um, please apologize to him and everything like that. So the old man comes in, right? Yeah. The grandfather of the business. Uh-huh. He, he's he's a they were orthodox Jews, the guys that were selling it. So he survived like Auschwitz, right? Mm. So he's come in and he's like, he's like Zofia, these are children. When I was children, I was in Auschwitz. Let them have as many lollies as they want. Let <laughs> them have as many lollies. So then this argument starts breaking out. So she's she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So anyway, next thing we know, he like takes us by the hand to his office and he opens up this huge fucking cupboard and he's like, lollies, take the lollies. Oh, God. <laughs> like ended up with some massive stash. And she's driving home. She's like, look, don't ever be disrespectful like that again, right? But she said, you got lucky. <laughs> yeah. You got lucky with the old man El Dorado. They didn't really like you <laughs> and make sure to write him a nice card. So the next time we went in, I think we took a card and we were like really thankful to him and everything like that. And um, we became his like one of his favorites thereafter. So he's every time we'd go there thereafter, we used to go sit in his office and you know, he'd make us tea and look after us and everything like that. So mm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Change now these days, bro. Mine was probably uh I think mine was worse than yours because it was, I had both parents, man. And in, in the U.S., when I was growing up, it was always, and even I knew my friends were like this too, like your mom your mom would, would discipline you in, in very varying ways. 
uh, you know, hit the hand, the belt, whatever. Um, but there was always the one that was the scariest was wait till your father comes home. <laughs> and then you're like, shit, because <laughs> getting beat up by your mom is one thing. <laughs> you're like, oh, crap. Gotta tell my dad, shit. So uh, I only ever had it happen a couple times, I think. But I was a real piece of shit when I was growing up. I think I was a, I was a, I was really just like super hyper and just not, I, I wasn't bad. I think I just had a lot of energy and I didn't really know what to do with it. And I, I, I could see why, I mean, I was, I was misbehaving um, at some point. So it, I, it's understandable. I have no, you know, I don't look back on it. I'm like, damn, that was really mean. I'm like, nah, I for sure deserved it. <laughs> like, without a doubt, I was a horrible, I was horrible, horrible kid. I definitely deserved it. Um, so it's not a big deal to me, but definitely different. But you got to the point. Did use it, the belt or did you just smack you? No, of course, of course she used the belt. Yeah. Come on, man. This is uh this was old school like early uh, early mid nineties discipline in the U S from uh from Russian and Italian Russian mom Italian dad <laughs> you know this isn't like uh, nowadays it's very different now it's uh but it, the belt was only a couple times because when I was little uh, obviously it, not little I guess I don't know uh, I mean probably not double digits yet but it got to the point where my mom wouldn't even have to use it she would just like. Uh, like you only get hit with it a couple times, you know how much it hurts, right? So then they just she just snaps it, <laughs> you know, and you take your belt and go like, and you can like make that loud snap sound. Yeah. So my mom would do that when I really pissed her off. Like she would go, like she would be really quiet, just like walk upstairs, grab it, and I would I would flip, man. I would just bolt. I would either run outside and run out of the house, or I would hide somewhere. I, I would hide like in the bathroom, underneath the table, and it would just be poof. I'd be I'd be out. I would be cold for at least a couple hours. Like, I wouldn't say a fucking word. <laughs> uh, but of course, the whole always wait till your dad comes home thing. That was always the, oh, God. Of course, that stopped, I think, around like, but I think by the time I was like, ooh, I think like fifth grade. So I think I would have been about 11 or 12. I, I really chilled out, like really kind of no more. I mean, of course, like I could have been a prick in, in certain instances, but generally speaking, I, I think I just had like, uh, I think I was like every young, young kid, right? They always try to put you on like um, meds to calm you down, right? But luckily, my, I, I wasn't put on any of that, on any of that shit um, because you don't need it, right? They're always like, oh, he's hyperactive. You have to put him on ADHD and all this crap. And it's like, no, dude, they do it all. They do it all the time in the U.S. now. Like if you're a young kid, I had one of my teachers try to put me on it and I don't have ADHD, but they're like, oh, he's always talking in class. He's always, it's like, yeah, man, because young, I think they did a study on this. Young boys aren't so like, they're not good at sitting still in classroom setting for so long. It's why, it's why girls, especially young girls tend to do so much better than boys in school. They always get very good grades early because girls are more uh, calm and uh, medium tempered and they're not as hyperactive in most cases right of course that that it's not a blanket it's not a blanket uh, that's, thing that's the that's the argument for co-ed schools is that the girls calm the boys down no if anything it's probably worse i guess it depends right because because well, they have more of a calming nature because boys have a tendency to just want to punch on and everything like that i mean I'm not yeah but to, to impress girls 
No, no, no. But even when you're little, man, you always want to impress impress girls. Even even if you don't understand why you want to impress them, right? You still want to. Bro, tell you what I miss about being a young kid, which at the time you were like, oh, it's just whatever. And now you're like, oh, that'd be great. We could do it again. No, Kiss no. Chasey. Bro, yeah. I was like freaking Adonis of Kiss Chasey because I, I, I was like a really good-looking kid. I need a pause here. What the hell's Kiss Chasey? What the hell goes on down in Australia? I don't know. Oh, you never played it? I never even heard of this game. I need some so, rules. What's the rules? Okay, so so what happened was when when you were younger, boys and girls, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure in this gender day and age now, it's it's on for young and old. Um, and that look, it is what it is. But so you would the girl, you know, like tag, you know, like tag, you're it. Yeah, yeah, I know tag. Thanks. <laughs> okay, I know tag. Yeah. All right. So it's the same thing. So the girl, yeah. the girl would tag you. You'd be it, and instead of like you running after her and tagging her back, she'd kiss you. So it, it kiss chasey, like the girl would chase you, tag tag you, and then kiss you. Because but you were kids, so you didn't kind of realize what you were doing. But it was just yeah, that was what kiss chasey was. Well, see, there you go. And even, as a even, young kid, as mm. a young kid, because I, I was like, bro, I like blonde hair. It was all like I was dappered up to the hill because my folks were all into fashion. So I was, yeah, I was looking, I was, I was, I was nice. And then I, you know, you go through all the teenage years where you go all out of proportion and everything like that. And I'm, I'm coming good again in my old age. I'm just shitting here like a fucking Labrador and balding, but it is what it is at 36, mate. But yeah, at, at, when I was younger, that, that was that's what was the games were. You mm-hmm. know, kiss Chasey. It'd be great if they brought it back. God, it'd be fucking fantastic, wouldn't it? Like a Saturday, you just as a single lad, you just gonna, go down. Gonna, gonna stop you right babes. there. Nah, it's okay. <laughs> it sounds like fun days. I remember playing tags, like boys versus girls tag, but no, 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 no kiss chasey, none of that. But you were always trying to show off. Right? You always, even when you were in like freaking kindergarten, I think everybody was showing off and and trying to uh, impress. I went to co-ed school. I went to co-ed school till I was 14. Then I went to all boys school. I loved all boys school, man. All boys school, all, all boys school was fun. That was a lot of fun. Because you don't you don't care really about how you look any anymore, right? Like okay, okay you want to be in you, you don't want to be out of shape, but you don't care. Like nobody's judging you really, because you're just like, yeah, whatever. You're not there to impress anybody, you know, unless you're unless you're playing for that team, then maybe you are. But the majority of the guys in my school weren't. So it was like, and I wasn't. So it's like, I didn't really care if somebody looked at me and they're like, uh, oh, your hair looks stupid today. It's like, okay, cool. <laughs> so what? Whatever. Um, it was just nice. It was so like, it was so freeing from that that aspect. Um, plus you had uniform, which was nice as well. Didn't have to worry about what you wanted to wear. Everyone just had to wear the same thing. I didn't. I didn't mind it. Cold school was was fun, but I don't know. It just it felt like it added so much more fucking drama into the mix, man. Like I just feel like um, I think at least for guys, I'm sure girls there's drama no matter where you are. All girls school, all guys school. I think my sister went to all, yeah. My sister went to all girls school. I don't think I know she went to all girls school, but I, I think she had a lot of drama shit. Right? They're always like. Uh, because all girls schools team up with all boys schools, right? They have like your brother's school or sister school or whatever the fuck it is. So uh, there's always shit going on around there. But um, 
I never, I never had in, in, cause at high school, I went to all boys school and my college was practically all boys and there was no drama, man. It was very, it was very, it was very nice. It was just like a bunch of bros. Of course he had some dicks. People get into fights, you know, you don't like some people, but it wasn't like catty. It wasn't catty shit or gossiping shit. It was like, uh, if you didn't like someone, you just didn't deal with them or you told them to go fuck themselves or, you know, you make fun of them. Just whatever. Right. I don't know. I it was really a lot more straightforward. It, I didn't find it to be catty when I went to co-ed school, though. I mean, I actually found it to be like a a calming influence. I mean, the the, <laughs> the only thing that mucked me up was I was at school and I was too busy. Um, you know, we talked about before, just fighting my fighting my way through it. And um, I just remember first year at university. Um, these like really like attractive women like really liked me but I was so used to fighting and I was so used to like I had um girls which were friends and stuff at school but it it kind of warped me in the sense that when the girls that looking back now were, were obviously really interested I just didn't know what to do <laughs> I didn't know what to do because in the back of my mind I was like what the heck is this chick talking to me for <laughs> what the hell's going on so you said this you know, is uni at uni, yeah. At uni, uni was like at, at uni, like all these beautiful women were like, "Oh, this guy's kind of cool. Like, you know, we'll chat with him. I want to, you know, see see where it goes, sort of thing, or hook in, or, or whatever it is." Um, but at school, it was like the chicks A weren't that attractive, and B were like kind of unbelievably like stuck up. Mm. Um, but that's because I grew up in, well, I grew up in a, I went to a private school in a in a um, pretty affluent part of town mm. so you know they uh they, they had their head in the clouds so it was really weird for me after 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 going through that um to be at uni with just women that were just like chilled out and <laughs> not full of themselves you know so. I, I think college is better I, w- I wouldn't compare college to like high school because i think once you go to college it's more like it, i feel like high school has a weird you're in a weird middle zone right because you're still young um and you kind of want to be uh independent but you're not independent and you still have to follow a pretty strict school schedule and you might have sports and your parents are riding you and there's a lot of other stress and i think you're just more because you lack that kind of freedom of choice because you really don't have too much freedom when you're in high at least i didn't right my when i was in high school i think i had to wake up 5 30 to catch the bus until my friend got a car then that changed which shout out to Ariane, that was pretty dope for like uh, two years, I think. But before that, I had to wake up 5.30, take the bus um, and uh, get there, go to band practice. Then after band practice, start school. Then after school, get on another bus, go to crew practice. And then after crew practice on certain nights, I would have my private saxophone lessons. So I'm like my day would start from 5.30 a.m. and finish like 9 p.m. Yes. Like I would get home at like around eight or nine and then I would have to do any homework or shit that I had, I had to get done. If I didn't have my private lesson, I got home, I think around like uh, seven, seven ish. I think if I'm not wrong, five, five between six to seven. So I feel like you're more, <clears throat> you're more pent up and, and you want to do things and want to feel free. And that's why you always have like the high school kids throwing like the crazy parties and, and, you know, trying to, 
I think you're just more, you're just more rebellious, which is, it's understandable at that age, I think, because really you're only 14 to 18 years old at that point. Like you're not mature at all, but you want to start going down that way. Uh, but you can't, right? Because everyone still treats you sort of like a, not even a young adult, just like a kid. Uh, so you, you, you try to break out and do other things. That's why you always have like a, we used to have keggers in the woods, you know, people get, I don't know if you did that most, probably not because you get fucking mauled by some pack of kangaroos or something, fucking outback or whatever. But we'd have like a, someone would buy a keg and take it in the woods and, or you'd have like a house party when the parents weren't home, like typical high school shit, like you would see in the movies, right? I, I think it, I was going to ask you, is it, did, did, did you ever go to parties that were like in the movies or is that just some myth mm. that American film people make? trying to think if i ever went to something that was as crazy not as anything i don't think is i don't i can't recall anything as crazy in the in the uh in the movies like that but it is similar right i think there were some where like some like somebody who might have had a big house or a big plate mm. maybe once but usually they were pretty chill maybe like 20 20 people something like that you know like it wasn't I wasn't part of the like the really rowdy crowd, to be honest, because I just didn't have the time. And, and uh, I was more like close with a certain group of guys. And it was like, oh, you know, we're going to throw something. And then they would invite some of their friends over and then some girls from the other that they knew from the neighborhood, things like that. And then we would just all hang out. So it was chill. But like the crazy, crazy high school, like American Pie level high school, where they invite like the entire freaking high school. I know I, I haven't. I, I didn't. didn't uh, I don't think I've been to something like that. But I, I was pretty chill in high school. I wasn't. Okay, I was I was also slightly wild, but I, I didn't go out of my way to look for it. Right, I was sort of like, yeah, if I get a, you know, if it's there, it's there. If it's not, you know, whatever. My main concern in high school wasn't partying. There were guys who that was their main thing. Like that's all they wanted to do was was party. Which I was like, okay, you party in college. Coincidentally, I didn't do any partying in college, pretty much because of where I went. So uh, there was no partying allowed. Couldn't drink on campus. No alcohol on campus. Um, Super strict. Oh, worth oh, it, I, mean, I guess. Yeah, on the, on the seafaring side, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you couldn't do any of that kind of stuff. So I didn't really party until after I got out of college, which is when I went really off the off the rails, I think. But now I've slowed down. I, I, I've really slowed down now after COVID. But it was a good man. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, we met up once when, when you were here, but I, I used to get Jesus, man, my average night, I think I probably told you before, I would go out and I would down a bottle of vodka myself. And then I would go out afterwards with the group of guys and start doing shots of stuff. And this would be me like three times a week. My tolerance gets super high, right? I mean, oh, yeah, my tolerance is great. <laughs> now my tolerance, yeah. if I drink like uh, <laughs> an eighth of a bottle of vodka, I'm already like, oh, <laughs> ready for bed. <laughs> So I've started doing I've started doing uh, client lunches again, and it's like you go out, you have a few beers and wines, and then I get I don't get drunk, I get tipsy, yeah. but I start to get um I start to get hungover really quickly. Yep. I never got hungover for years because like obviously same as you like, yeah. but with me at university it was just out of control. Like I was just constantly, not only was I out. Not only was I out every night, but like during the during university, because I did a 
finance degree, which obviously, you know, it's all commerce and banking and shit. But then I did an arts degree, which is like international studies and Middle East politics and all that sort of stuff. So the people in the arts, you'd have older guys that were like retired or were like ex-army that were just doing it as like, you know, as a hobby to pass the time sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So they bring in like bottles of red <laughs> into class and so you'd be like, I remember World War II history, you'd just be like getting a couple of bottles of vino and drinking then and they had a cafe that served alcohol and the coffee. So you get like the Baileys or, you know, the, the Jamison Baileys and yeah. Jesus. whiskey coffees and everything like that. So then there what was that. school you go to? Jesus Christ. <laughs> then, oh, this is university. So university and then like just, you'd go to uni and then you'd have like obviously like a ton of reefer and everything like that and god knows what else you could find and then on top of that you'd be making out with you'd be like hooking up with chicks in between classes or you'd have a couple of hours off so you'd go see a girl and then come back on the arvo so it was just like did you learn anything at school (laughs) we just get mad and and no no i've got i've got like four degrees from how many do I have? Commerce, honours, two, one, two, three, four. Yeah, four. I've got four degrees from university and I just was off my nut the whole time. Yeah, off enough. my, in more, more ways than one. Um, I can't remember any, any of it really. Like the actual learning side. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all, uh, it was all a blur. In fact, when I felt, you know, I was talking earlier in the podcast about how I failed, and, and, and my old man was like, "Oh, you know, I'm proud of you, or whatever." I had, <laughs> I had a girlfriend at the time that basically bribed me with sex to study. So she was like, she was like, if you sit, she goes, if you sit down and you and you study for an hour or two in the library, like we can have sex afterwards. So I'm like, <laughs> that's how I'm gonna high distinction. Because I was like, yeah, I'm going to get laid. I'm going to do study for two hours. So I'll sit down and, sit down and study like really hard for two hours. Did you ever see uh, <laughs> um, an extremely goofy movie, a Disney movie? That was like the concept of the second movie. Because the dad goes back to college, but he can't pass his classes. But then he gets like into a relationship with the librarian and she helps him study. And then he starts passing all of his classes. It's funny. <laughs> That's it, though. Oh yeah, I mean, it doesn't oh, yeah. doesn't matter which uh, which way you go in life. If you find another another person willing to take you to the pleasure dome to in exchange for study, it's it's definitely a good way of doing it. It's a uh, never never needed to do that. I I I, I uh, yeah, I don't know. I was always I guess uh, I was always okay. I, I mean, but I'm a I'm a prolific procrastinator though. Like I cannot do anything in advance. Like if you tell me to study for a test, that's like two weeks down the road. Nah, I can't. Like I, I just have zero interest or motivation, but if it's like two days or a day and a half, then okay, then I can do it. So I, I, I would usually just, uh, just procrastinate the hell out of things. I think a couple of times I'd I tried rather, studying I'd early. earlier rather than later though. Like nah. for me, I, I want stuff just out of the way and done. Nah, I'm good. I'll wait till the last minute. <laughs> that's always been my, that's always been my, uh, my, my go-to method, you know, even for my uh, licensing exam to get my license, there's like seven exams or something. We had to take pre-license, which was like a bunch of classes in and of itself. And you had to pass a mock test in that particular 
category to continue. You had to pass all seven to take license, to take seven more tests. So I passed all those classes and then we had some time before license. And I don't think I started studying for those tests until two days before. So you would take three tests. I think it was two, three, two. So you take two tests on one day, three tests on one day, two tests on one day, and then you would get the results like within, uh, like you would know if you pass or failed, like, uh, like right when you turned it in, like they would come back in 10 minutes and be like, okay, you passed this module, you passed this module, whatever. And I think I didn't start studying for the official seven tests like until two days before. And I think I, I stayed up every night, like all, like literally all nighters. Like I would just stay up all night and study for the, the next test the next day. And that was it. And that's what I did. Um, I, I didn't pass all seven on my first try. I went six for seven, but I, I don't even remember the seventh test because over the span of like those three, four days of me not getting any sleep, I practically like, <laughs> I fell asleep during the seventh test. <laughs> and, and then I woke up towards the end. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Just trying to throw together some, this was, it was cell bad, right? So it was like the worst fucking test to fall asleep to because you had to do math and shit. So I was just like, oh, oh fuck, this, this looks like it's kind of right. And I was like, yeah, here you go. And I think I failed by one fucking question. Uh, then I had, to, I had to do a retake test. Uh, and I, I think I passed in like 15 minutes. Like I, I walked in and it was like 15, 30 minutes. I was out, passed and got my license. But yeah, okay. For like marathon, marathoning a, a days of tests, not good. But I've always been very much a, you know, I, I once wrote a 20 page paper the night before it was due on, on a Roman emperor from one piece of source material. <laughs> that's how, because that's all we were allowed to use because I, the te- so pretty much what happened was I was constantly not in school and this was high school because I was applying to all these different colleges, applying to military academies in the U S so you like how to go interview with like congressmen and to get these, these nominations and shit. So I was like super like, always all over the place. I was in some music stuff. So like I was constantly going around the state. So I, I just actually my senior year, I was barely in, I was barely on in school. Like I was just other places all the time. It was all excused absences, but I was in a, a Latin class and it was my junior year, I think. Yeah. And in the class, like obviously we were learning Latin. I don't know any Latin anymore. I, I retained zero of that. And we had to write a, a paper on a particular uh, Caesar from the 12 Caesars. Right. And we just had to write like a, a short report based on that material. I don't remember exactly what the topic was, but the idea was some, one of the Caesars and the 12 Caesars. I didn't know because I wasn't a class that the, the, you were assigned which Caesar to write about. Oh, no. So be, because I didn't know this, I'm like, Oh, I'll just pick the one that has the least amount of, <laughs> least amount of information on them. So I picked this guy and I think I wrote, Originally, the paper was only supposed to be like two pages, two, three pages. So I, I, I just picked the guy. I wrote two, three pages and I gave it to the teacher. And the teacher's like, no, I can't accept this. This isn't who you're supposed to write about. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, you're supposed to write about this guy. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm like, no, no. I, I, nobody told me that. I, I, I picked this guy. I'm like, look, I could have written a 20 page paper about this guy. But I mean, I really know a lot about him. And he's like, oh, you could have written a 20-page paper? I'm like, yeah, yeah. But I was just, you know, I was just bullshitting. He's like, okay, I want a 20-page paper. So I was like, what? Oh, <laughs> yeah, so I called your bluff, mate. He called my bluff for sure. But I did write the paper. You know, you know that prick didn't even give me a fucking A on that? I'm like, dude, I wrote a 20-page paper on something that was 15 pages in this damn book. That's five pages of utter bullshit. Like, that, <laughs> that shit... 
that should be worth something. Like I wrote more on this guy. I filled up five pages of absolute crap and repeated verbiage. Like I don't get, I don't get bonus points for the fucking effort. I think he gave me like an 86 out of a hundred or something. I'm like, that's such crap. That's such a prick move. I'm like, you know how much time I spent trying to figure out how to write this? Because it's just like, there just was no information on this motherfucker. Which uh, emperor was it? Do you remember? I have no idea. I, if you get, if you look through 12 Caesars, whichever emperor has the least amount of information on them, like the smallest chapter, that's, that's the one, the one I picked. Yeah. Some of them were complete fucking maniacs. Well, there was this one that was like, not only was he like just slaughtering everyone, but his favorite thing was like to be a to be a crossdresser, but which is fine. But then he was like a crossdresser, and he would go and get involved in like weird, like sadistic rituals, and like he would go and get into fights with the local like populace and leave the palace. And I've got to, I forgot which one is it was. Complete, completely and utterly out of his mind. I'm not surprised. I, I, I think. Um, well, I think I that think the, it's, the, it's, the, the, the the apocalypse, the apocalypse um, part of the uh, the Bible is uh, like the whole devil, like the six six six. It's like the same numbering in the Roman system as Nero. And I think because Nero was like slaughtering the, the Christians, right? And I think that like it was actually, a, 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 there is some theories it was kind of a coded kind of swipe at, <laughs> swipe at Nero being a maniac. Yeah, but on the one hand, if he didn't do it, maybe Christianity wouldn't have been as popular as it was, right? Yeah, who knows, mate? History, history works in a weird way, maybe. Yeah, and the end of the day, what do we really know, right? We, I think history is, 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 is fun to study, but I don't believe half of what's written unless it happened very recent. Actually, even then I still don't really believe it because it's always written by, or history is written by the victor, blah, 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 blah. But history is very easy to be changed even, even past that, right? Like you could just start flat out lying to an old, like a new generation of kids and they'll just believe whatever you tell them. Like it's not hard to change the facts of what you want people to believe, right? And history is already kind of a, I, I don't know what it's like in a lot of other countries, but a lot of other countries don't know anything about like European or American. Like I think out in Asia, obviously I don't think they teach very, very much of, of, of European and American history. Um, and then even in the US, man, our, our history is like obviously very one-sided and I'm sure in Europe, depending on what country you're in, it, it, it paints things in a certain, in a certain light. Uh, it's just, I think it's a tough thing to stay uh, to actually know to know what happened and what forces were at work in the background and and all these other things. It's just not. I think uh, there's so much um, there's like so much genocide and shit and dodgy deals that were were done that it's all kind of swept under the rug. You know, like I mean, an, uh, an example an example for you is like with. Uh, so you've got, if you look at the Australian map, there's Australia and then there's like a small island down the bottom, which is called Tasmania. Yeah. And what we learned at school about the Tasmanian Aborigines was that that they couldn't even like make fire and that they were so backwards that the skull of the last Tasmanian person is still in the British Museum because they were studying it. And they were like super old, you know, like 
70,000 years old. Yeah. Like, near, uh, like Neanderthals, basically. Mm-hmm. And then so, so like, at, this is in the 90s when I was at school, 90s, early 2000s at schools. It's not, it's not that far ago, right? Yeah. That, that's what you would learn. And then, and then, like, later on, I was like, as time went on, well, this doesn't make sense. There's no way that they would be around for 70,000 years and been that backwards. Like, maybe they lived off the land and everything like that, so it was a different lifestyle. It turns out that it was essentially a full-blown civil war because the Tasmanian Indigenous people were like, nah, these convicts and everything are on our land. And they fought basically a guerrilla warfare against them. And then there was instances where the white settlers were, like, pushing, like, tribes off cliffs and stuff like that. Mm. And, like, scorched earth, both sides sides were doing scorched earth policy and everything like that. Mm. So there was this full-blown, like, conflict that just got completely swept under the rug. And there was the same with the Indigenous history in... um, for the mainland, where we learned about this absolute legend of a bloke called Eddie Marbo. And Eddie Marbo was um, a sugarcane cutter, mm-hmm. and he was like just a gen, gen, general everyday punter. You know, he wasn't like wealthy, he wasn't, you know, anything like that. And he actually took the Australian government to court over Terra Nullius. So Terra Nullius, when the, the when Australian, when Captain Cook came and he was like, yep, this is for the British, it's Terra Nullius. He said that there was like, the land was empty. Like the land was empty. There was like no one there and whoever mm-hmm. was there is kind of superfluous. Therefore, we're taking the land for the crown. So this guy like went to the, went to the islands where he was from and everything like that and proved all the history going back. And then that was like the only positive light that you learnt. The rest was like maybe two months extra of like, yeah, they've been around for a long time and here are the different tribes of Victoria, you know, and they yeah. might have created Aussie Rules football with this, you know. Um, mm. But, yeah, I think the history the history side of things, it's, it's it was now, but now the problem is, is that now it's gone the complete opposite direction. Yeah. There's no, there's kind of no middle ground. It's like now it's, we had an incident where um, in a school down the road where they came in for this like I forgot what it's called, but they they made like the white white Christian males step out of the class and stand outside because they were the oppressors. So you know stupid. what I mean? So, so it's stupid. like you know you know be, what you know it's bullshit. Some form of middle ground no, where you know it's what? like okay, this this happened in the past. This is how we're trying to change it for the future. This is what needs to be reconciled, um, and then and then have a proper discussion of um, me. Nothing needs to be reconciled. It's called get the fuck over it. It happened. It's can, over. Though. Look, you, you can't. Why, dude? I don't. I if if you read through, you think that they were hoity-toity holding hands, kumbaya, and all the tribes down there. It's the same thing in the U.S. It's like, yeah, okay. Settlers came, they fought the Native Americans, and they won. Dude, they had full-on cannibal tribes there. They were killing other tribes before we even got there. Look at the fucking Aztecs, man. Cutting people's hearts out and fucking sacrificing them. You think it was all, like, very nice to each other? 
Dude, all Mate, I've been human... to Mexico. I've been to Mexico and I went to the Mayan ruins outside of Mexico City. Yeah. And they have this, it's freaky, bro. They have this huge pit and it, and it goes down for like, fuck, I don't know if it's 500 metres or a kilometre. You can't tell when you stand at top for fucking miles, mm-hmm. right? And that's what it was. It was a human sacrifice pit. Yeah. So how, how far back do you want to go here, right? Because it, it doesn't make any sense. Everybody was dicks to everybody. That's just human history. Like there was that, I mean, the Chinese killed each other incessantly. All the three kingdoms, all the wars, they constantly killed each other. Japan also had a bunch of civil wars. Look at Europe, all throughout history, even Roman times, they went around, they enslaved other white people. It was all part of the fucking, you know, it, it was just part of the system. That was life back then. There's no like, oh, well, you guys were me, blah, 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 blah. It's like, fuck off, bro. We've evolved as a planet that hopefully we condemn all of these things now. But everybody back then was in some way or another a total fucking prick. And just because you like to point out a certain group of people that happen to be more advanced in warfare, like you're telling me that if you, let, let's say, gave the Aztecs all of the technology that the Europeans had and flipped the fucking script, that those motherfuckers wouldn't go around and start tearing shit up? Of course they would. That, that was how you, that's how you lived back then. It was always survival of the fittest. Sadly, right? And it's so stupid to think that anybody should be responsible for something that happened so, like, so, 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 so long ago, right? Because then in that case, and then in that case, you would have to go back and say anybody who's ever wronged, anybody has to pay back now. And I mean, you will have to trace all the way back. And you can't just stop it like the year 1800. You have to keep going back. I think certain things you need to have. The the problem is actually in how do you pay the reparations because you, you can don't. agree to a certain extent that certain reparations need to be paid, Why? whether that's like South Africa or even parts in the South like Mississippi and everything like that. Why? But then it's but then it's like how do you do it through monetary? Do you do it through land? Do you do it through none? Um, college do you do it through everything like that so and then in parts of like the dutch have just come out and apologized for what they did in indonesia recently as well so i think i think i think there's elements of what you're saying which 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 are true in 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 terms of had had others had the power would would they have have done it and the answer would probably be yes they would but then there's also other elements that within the societies that there are certain people that have had wrong done by them over a period of time. But where I, where I disagree with and actually where it gets highly complicated, right, is people are now trying to do it with straight black, white, Asian, Middle Eastern, whatever. And, and, and it, is, it is sort of completely different. So, you know, if you look at, like, let's say reparations in, in, in America and, and for argument, for scholarly argument's sake, Wrong. Let's say you say, all right, well, well, black people deserve reparations. So then you would say, well, of course, African Americans that trace back 400 years and, and they're from, you know, Clarksdale, Mississippi, and, and up to 1965, the, the Civil Rights Bill and everything like that. Therefore, X amount, they didn't have the land, they couldn't get the loans, they couldn't have the banking and everything like that. But then what happens if someone's come over from Jamaica or Trinidad? So then, so then, do they get do they get reparations, or is there reparations under 
under sort of the Jamaican law or, you know, what happens if people migrated in, in the 50s from Ghana and they're second generation? So do they get reparations because maybe it was a 10-year carryover when they were in wherever it was? So I think, and then also when you're teaching, now when they're teaching it, it's like, you have to teach it in, in terms of this is what happened and this is where we're heading. Instead, now they're teaching it as a form of, of, a, of a division. So if you use the example of making white kids step out of the, the classroom and sit there because they're responsible for their forefathers in Australia, well, all right, but then who are those white kids? Because if they're like me and their parents came out in the 60s, all right, they got in the country because they were white because it was a white Australia policy, right? But the money that they earned was was is, was earned like fair and square in the economy. So therefore, is it their fault? Okay, so maybe then if you're looking at it and, you, and, and you're looking at a guy who's benefited like my friend who came over one of the first convict ships, his family, yeah, all right, so maybe he's as benefited for a longer time and a longer period and everything like that. So then when you're teaching people, it's like, am I as a white male responsible as a first generation of being here? Well, okay, technically, well, yes, I'm on Indigenous land, but then then, then if you base that, then the Zimbabwean and the Indonesian and the everyone else who's on the Indigenous land is also <laughs> responsible for benefiting off it. Mm. And this is where I have trouble now with, with the schooling system is they're trying to make it so so um, so basic and like uh, for lack of a better expression, black and white. Yeah, that you're really causing this huge danger for the next generation because it's not that simple. Well, like that's... it's really not that simple. And if there is to be progress, then you can say, okay, all right, which happens in Australia. So in Australia, if you're indigenous, right? You have access to different um, finance, to different loans, to different education. Like sure. if, if you're Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander, when you go to university, you have a better chance of, um, well, you get accepted on your marks anyway, but you have a chance of getting educated when you go for working, when there's social services and everything like that. There's a lot of money and finance and opportunities that are put in there if you want to actually take it up. Um yeah, we also have same in the US though. We so have exact same thing. But once you once you start getting into this, you 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 nobody's gonna make it this overly complicated. Because like I said, bro, where's then where's my reparations? Right? Half my half my family's been wiped out in Russia. Do I get reparations? No. Will the French pay me reparations when they invaded? No. How about the Ottomans? No. How about the Tartars? No. How about the Ottomans actually again when they invaded southern Italy, where my family's from? No, I'm not going to get anything. Dude, it's human history that people have been oppressed their entire life. And it's ridiculous to me that we only want to look so little back. And that's what we want to make a big deal about. And be like, oh, in the past 100, 150 years, this is, this is, and it's only particular things, right? Like, I, I don't see anybody complaining about the, uh, other wars and such that have happened in other places. How about the Armenian genocide? You don't hear anything about that. No, it, it, it's all political hoo-ha to get people to get people worked up. And it's horrible what happened, of course, but it's just human history. But once you open the door for that, 
well then where's all my stuff now i want stuff well because the and, argument would be is because because you're what american or because you were what european because it's the same thing of you could argue like if you're going down that path of, of like does scotland get reparations because what well, Technically, yeah. it's a bit different because Scotland. But then what about Poland? Yeah. Poland's a exactly. prime example. Yeah. So where are your reparations? See how silly this is? And then if you go into so, the, if you go into the slave trade, fine. If you want to start doing that, okay, too. But then how about the other African tribes that were selling other locals? They were selling them for, for clocks, guns, all these other things. They didn't care. What about the – so then also the Arabs – yeah. Does Morocco and Saudi Arabia and Oman? So, because if you look at Oman, they had the Zanzibar and parts of ten, yeah, Tanzania. It, slavery well. wasn't a, a white-only business, right? A lot of people made a lot of money off that. So you would have to say, okay, who, who was the one capturing all the slaves and selling them? Of course, it's wrong to even buy them in the first place, right? It should never even happen. Because personally, in my opinion, slavery is what leads to the downfall of any civilization, once you become too reliant on a on a slave population, um, you you just forfeit your. Everyone just becomes practically lazy, right? So, like, look what happened to Rome. Look what happened to Egypt, and all these things, right? Once you start having a a, a, a larger slave labor force than actual people, um, it, it it's all slavery is it doesn't benefit anybody. Actually, it's it's horrible. It's horrible, obviously, for the people who are enslaved. But the people who are doing it are also so short-sighted and ignorant that it doesn't make any sense either, right? It's such a short-term, horrible thing that maybe pays quickly for the people who were lucky enough, if you want to call it that, to. But it's to... not short-term because if you look at if you look at the cotton cotton in America, they were doing it for I don't know, a couple of hundred years, was it at least? So maybe it wasn't a, wasn't a short-term probably eighteen hundred to no maybe like the seventeen hundreds to eighteen hundred maybe a hundred years. Mm, I think maybe longer. Mm. And then, but then also you have to look at, okay, if you want to bring up the U.S., something we have to really put into perspective is how did they get freed? This is a big argument war. against any, rep right, exactly. And who were the majority of the people who died in the Civil War? It was white people that were fighting. Exactly. So, yes, you had people in the South fighting against it, but you also had, you know, hundreds of thousands of people in the North who were fighting uh, the, the, there were people in the South fighting for it, sorry. But then you had people in the North fighting against it. And then when they won, yes, it was a, it was a slow trod, but eventually they got all their rights back and all of these things kind of came, came, in, came in afterwards and, and it slowly progressed to where we are today, where now they have you know, special scholarships, uh, special organizations and all these things to support not, not, just the, not just the African-American community, but pretty much any minority community, right? It's become a very big thing. Right. But then when you try to say that, you know, oh, you guys have to pay us reparations for, for this to begin with, it's like, well, technically, the people who died in the first place and in, 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 the, in the scope of hundreds of thousands to set you, you know, to, to set you free, are they, do they still have to pay something or are they, are they not? Are all their descendants not? And how about the people, like you mentioned, you came, your family came over in the 60s. Okay, mine came over in the 40s and my mom came over in the, in the I think, the 80s. So it's like, where's the line drawn here, right? I think in the South, I think in the South there's definitely a, a big, because of the whole Jim Crow laws and everything like that. No, something uh, like I said, it was, I mean, the it North, was a trash. The, 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 north, the North, I don't know as much about. But what was actually really interesting was a lot of the, 
a lot of the problems were actually because when the Irish came over, the Irish were com competing with the African-Americans for the lower paid jobs, even up in Chicago and stuff like that. And that's what was causing a lot of the, the race rights was, um, of course, racial, but also financial because America is based on the sort of capitalist society where the poor, the poor are left to fight amongst each other whilst the, you know, the rail, railroad barons and tech barons get rich of everything as well. That was the system. That's, that's the thing for me has always been a bit mucked up about the states is that it's like they use they use race as even to this day to kind of get people yeah. fighting against each other, and then the media and the media kind of the, the the media has done such a job right that in all honesty, like everyone around the world, if they see a white American, they just presume that it's like some redneck racist. They're just literally like, oh, as soon as they say white Americans, like, oh, he probably doesn't like like black people and Mexicans. Mm -hmm. And then from my experience, from all the people that I've met that are white Americans and even travelled extensively mm -hmm. through the States, like, it's not like that at all. Because anything is sort of the exact opposite. But I think the most media people just don't reinforcing care. It. Most people don't care what you are in this in the States. They're just like, all right, if you're if you're cool, that's good enough. Like I personally, I have zero, I do not care at all what you are, like zero, which I think is exactly what they were trying to go for prior to the, you know, don't see any color kind of thing, right? But it seems to have been a complete 180 from that. And now it's like, you have to acknowledge what everybody is, but it's like, why? Like, I don't actually, it doesn't actually mean much to me if you're African-American or you're Mexican or whatever, I don't care. As long as you're a good person, that's good enough for me. That's all I want, right? Like, if you respect me, I'll respect you. And that's how it should be everywhere. But it, it's, just, it's that easy. But the, obviously, this is all political stuff. And it gets people very worked up because you really do divide people on such a basic concept that it's easy to pick sides, right? Because you do just put people in such a, a, such a basket. And you're just like, oh, you know, white people did this. And then, you know, people are starting to, to, to say bad things about, you know, oh, they're, they're, or whatever, uh, to penalize them or whatever you want to say. People listen to our whole conversation to be like, oh, it's two white dudes, therefore it's irrelevant. Like we're actually at this stage of um, yeah, yeah, exactly. debate yeah. that doesn't, it doesn't matter, like it doesn't matter for argument's sake how much I'll, I'll go in and try and yeah. protect and, you know, prosper There's and. There's no conversation the anymore. It's still like, oh, you're a white, you're a white yeah. dude, so can you ever really be an ally? And the thing that really gets me is these white lefty chicks all over. This is where I'm with Bill Burr, right? Like all of a sudden, they 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 know everything about racism and they know what it's like and and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a fad. And they've it's, been blood, bro. Like he said, you've been knee deep in the blood money this whole entire time. Now you're trying to change sides, like, and they're trying to tell me it's like not only have I like dated majority of my, at least half, if not more, of my friends are are African. Yeah, I grew up among African different cultures and everything like that. Yeah, right. And now some lefty white chicks trying to tell me that I'm racist. It's like go fuck yourself. What are you doing? Like, what are you doing for like black people in Australia? What are you doing for the African diaspora? Do you even know the difference between Shona, Yoruba, <laughs> Kizzy? 
Do you? Because I, I do. I, <laughs> I have no idea. Stone <laughs> uh, uh, Zimbabwean kisses from Kenya and Yoruba's Nigerian. No, just for trials. Oh, but, cool. Look, I think it's yeah. I think it's all interesting. Honestly, I wish it was something they taught more in, in school. Was sort of like the African African history and sort of like the tribal, like what the tribes were and how they developed over time. And I, I, look, I personally think, and obviously you said a lot of people probably won't care what we say because we're two white guys. But to me, the whole idea of of looking back into history is more like um, it's as if you're in a really nasty relationship. And you just want to start arguments all the time. So you just pull shit up from the past. So you'll never have a good living environment, right? Because now we're in such a global, like, look, if everything was like, you know, white people are only in Europe and Australia and, and North America and, and, and Spanish people are only in South America and Mexico and, and uh, African people are only in Africa, then you can fucking hate everybody, right? Because you're not integrated so deeply. But now the world is so interconnected that we really all pretty much are around all different cultures, all different backgrounds all the time. And you can almost say that there, there's not too much of a independence anymore from your own culture because you're constantly being, you're constantly having influences from other places. Now, of course, in your city, in your country, you'll have the, the art, the food, the, the, the movies, the music that is distinctive to your culture but you're being surrounded by people you're working with people and people are moving in with all different backgrounds and, and and such and that's what that's what the world is trying to go towards right it's trying to go to this global interconnected everybody can talk to each other really quick you know people going all different countries for different jobs which is fine and i am okay with that and i think everybody's generally okay with that. that's how we're living right now but because we're doing that to then turn around and say, oh, well, let's start digging up all the shitty things that everybody did from the past. That's what I'm saying. It's like you're in a bad, it's like you're in a relationship with somebody and then you walk in the house on Tuesday after a hard day at work. And then she's just like, Jimbo, do you remember last Valentine's day? You didn't buy me flowers. What the hell? And then it just, it just falls apart. And then you get into huge arguments and, 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 and it's just, it builds this system of, of, also apprehension, right? Because you don't know what's going to happen because you feel like there's always something that's going to come up and it's going to just pull people apart. And I don't think we're ever going to be able to move forward. Like I said, I don't understand, right? Because before when I was growing up, the concept was you don't see, you don't see color, right? It's always supposed to be based on the, on the value and the merits of the person. Like, if you're a good person, I don't care, right? If you're a bad person, then I don't care if you're white, black, whatever. It doesn't matter. If you're a bad person, go to prison, death penalty, whatever the rules are and wherever you're at. But if you're a good person, fine. You're more than welcome, right? You're more than welcome to come in. If you don't infringe upon other people's rights and you just kind of, you know, do what you have to do and everybody's happy. You don't even have to be nice, <laughs> to be to be honest. You just don't have to bother people. That's the bare minimum, right? Like if, if there's a guy who just doesn't bother anybody, but maybe you go talk to him and he's kind of a dick, but he doesn't really bother you. I'm fine with that guy. He's a cool dude, but we left from that right now. We're at the, now we're at really like, it's become so everything's become so racial now. And it's such an easy thing to divide people on because look, look at prisons. If you're in prison, that's like the first thing you do is you go join the gang of, you know, whatever background you are, generally speaking. And they're just bringing that to the general public. Now it's like, Oh, well, if you don't think this way, 
this is what you are. But if you do, this is what you are. And it just feels like we've gone from somewhere that was actually progress and we just moved so far backwards. And it's honestly, it's, it's all a fucking joke. And anybody, I, I, to me, it's just people in media and politics just use it to get what they want. And they just play on emotions, which are very raw because they are raw. Because look, if, if obviously, if you go to somebody who's African-American talking about slavery, it's a, it's a touchy subject, of course. Right. It's not, it's not something anybody would be like, um, you're going to be upset for your ancestors, right? It's not something you personally experienced, but you know, like, oh, maybe my family experienced it. So it's not something I'm cool with, right? It's no different than if you were to talk about, you know, people who invaded Poland or all these, all these different things, or, or like people who invaded the uh, Russia and such, right? You're, you're like, okay, it didn't happen to me, but I understand like, yeah, okay, it's not cool, right? It's, 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 you know, sure, they, they killed millions of people, um, uh, say, when they invaded Russia, but okay, what, 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 what can I do? Right. There's nothing I can do. It, it's just the best we can do is a, is a society to move on um, and just try our best to get along and stop how, go ahead. I think, I think you need to have, um, it needs to be set, set down and, and say, look, there's certain things, whether that's going to be, because um, I, I don't necessarily know if money solves it, it has to be in the form, I think, of uh, education opportunities. And um, if you go to the bank, so if you use African-Americans as an example, you go to the bank and if the interest rate's 3%, then they get a loan for 1.5% or something. So, so there's, there's, there's something along those lines which is helping to, 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 to rebalance um, what's happened in the past. But the other thing that I would say is that, People also have to, in a way, be fair. And, and this, is, this is where I get into debates in Australia. So the majority, the majority of Australia is some form of white population, right? Mm -hmm. That doesn't by nature make them racist. And it, and it doesn't by nature mean that they're trying to implement racist things whether that's what they're showing or what they're selling or what they're doing or whatever it is. Um, because if you look at products of hair or skin or, mm -hmm. or, or makeup or whatever it is, like the people that are advertising are trying to sell to 20 million people instead of 1 million people. Like it's, it's marketing and, it's, and, it's, and, and the institutions will, Okay, yes, you can argue that the institutions originally are racist, but the laws of the land, for example, are, are based on, on Christian laws of the Ten Commandments, the, the, the media, the, the fashion. So that's, another, that's, that's one of the problems that I, that I have is that um, not everything in the majority is racist. It's just the fact that it is the majority and the majority of people they have a specific type of hair. They have a specific type of, uh, of of skin for the products that they need. They have a specific type of sports that they like, or, or, or food, or whatever it is, right? Because it's like, yeah, as we and and but the beauty is that the more we get involved with other cultures and everything like that, over time, it you have fusions of everything, and that's the beauty of life. Because the more fusion of culture you have in, like the richer we all become right in, in more ways than one um and that will transcend to so many other things but 
I think people are too quick to call the race card instead of actually saying, well, okay, you know what, Bok, um, with, the with the exception of some Chinese people, no, and some um, people from the Pacific Islands to do the sugar canes, like, no white people were allowed, non-white people weren't allowed in Australia until 1975, right? Mm. So it's it's going to take time. And and the population of Australia is is still largely white, so it's going to take time for the society to adapt to different things of representation. And, and it's happening. But I think that in tying it all the way back to sort of our original conversation that we've been having, because we live in a social media where everything's now, 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 instantaneous, 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 People think that applies to the whole entire society, whether that's education or whether that's media representation or whether that's commerce or whether that's, it has to happen right now, right straight away. Yeah. Whereas then it's like you kind of, you got to give it time. I, I grew up so at, at, at my house at the dinner table with people from, you know, Kenya, Nigeria, Tanzania, India, uh, multiple Asian countries of Singapore or Thailand or yeah. Americans or whatever. So when I was Sri Lankans, you know, vegan Sri Lankans and everything like that. So so my parents were always like, yeah, you know, we, we open and we love everyone. And if you're good to my son, you're good to my daughter, then our house is open and, and your family. But that's all it should that's be. The first, that's the first time that generation that it's happened because – my mum grew up in Poland and in, in, in communist Poland, and it was just Poles. My dad grew up in rural Scotland. It was just Scottish people. Yeah. My dad was saying even when he came to Australia at 17 years old in the 60s, he said there was one pizza shop on Russell Street. And this is in the late 60s. He was like, there was one pizza shop. And he goes, there was one, there was one uh, Chinese restaurant. You know, and he goes, I'm still convinced that what they were serving wasn't even Chinese food. It was some Western amalgamation. Probably. So, <laughs> so, so we're the first generation, you and I. So it, it, you got to kind of give it time to progress and time to grow. You can't just start ramming down children's throats that you're wrong for absolutely everything. you got to be patient and, and, and keep building and keep growing. And, you know, if, the, if you and I have gone through this in our lives, then when we have kids, it's going to be like this really beautiful open society yeah. but you can't it, keep like telling people off and throwing spanners in the fucking words i'd say it used to it used to be going the better way now i think it it's was the, gone, it's, yeah. it's the opposite direction now I, I think it's going complete reversal I, weird, I have it's a weird kind of like trojan horse segregation yes it's Really, I don't understand, like, and I don't understand how come people who were so for the original thought of, like, yeah, people are just people, right? They, they change their minds so fast. It's like, well, what happened to, you know, three years ago or four years ago when you were just like, uh, not, even, not even four, probably like five years ago, when it was just like, yeah, everybody's the same. Everybody's equal. There, should, there shouldn't be, not, like, there's nothing, right? And I mean... It's not, it's, 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 it's not just Australia, right? And it's not just the US. It's like, uh, if you go to China, are they going to be overly accepting of you? Probably not. Some places, maybe yes, like Shanghai, but other places, probably not. You go to India, same thing. 
You go to Afghanistan, same thing. Even South America, same thing. Like people know, it, you know, they recognize differences. That's all. But as long as nobody, it's such a, it's such a hard topic. I think there's really no, there's no, the only right answer is that people just have to not get the fuck along, bro. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Just, just stop trying to judge people. Stop using past things that have happened to judge people and just say, okay, here's a person. And if he's a good guy, that's it. Or good girl, whatever. That's it. Right. You don't, you don't need to worry about what happened hundred years ago, 150 years ago, 200 years ago. Like that's all done. Like the people who did a lot of that stuff are long dead. The mentality has changed. And look, I don't think anybody wants to do that anymore. Right. Like I, I, <laughs> I don't think anybody's interested in going around and colonizing shit or starting wars. Like there's, you know, okay. But maybe there are some people who want to start wars, but uh, you know, there's you know, a small minority. Will, you know, one thing I will say about the Ukrainians, you got that old school masculinity to them that I like. We're about to be invaded. We're ready. We're going to stand yep. up, be patriotic and fight. If Australia got invaded today, the fuck knows what type of person will be standing next to me. It, Bro. It How funny. Like, just shoot the AR-15 already. I'm sorry your nails got broken. We're <laughs> beating. I don't care if you're Arthur. I don't care if you're Martha. I don't care if you're Arthur or Martha. Just pull and shoot the fucking gun. <laughs> In Ukraine, man, I thought that whole situation was fucking hysterical. First, I didn't think anything was going to happen to begin with. But the fact that Biden came out and they're like, yeah, they're going to attack on Wednesday. It's like, what? What fucking idiot says that? Yeah, it's like, if you know they're going to attack on Wednesday, why would you tell the world and let them know you know they're going to attack? On- like, and you're acting quite chill for an attack that's coming up. Like, it, 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 it's so nonsensical that you could tell that it was just bullshit all over and like, you just it was gave just... away you just gave away your intel because you could have quite easily had some bloke on the inside that was some general in the russian army and you've just given uh, away that you know exactly what's going on i, I think he made the whole thing up i i think it, i think it's all a fucking uh i wouldn't be surprised if something happens in the next month and they say the russians did it and i and i bet they didn't do it I think next week they're going. I think next week they'll probably go to war. But I think this coming week, I think it'll be the exact same situation as Syria. It'll be the exact same thing. The U.S. is going to start saying shit. Oh, they're doing this. They're doing this. Um, and then it turns out that yeah, it wasn't really true, and it's just sort of like a pretense for us to get involved. And I'm really afraid that that's what they're going to do again because I, I'm more worried about the U.S. than I am Russia. I, I don't see why Russia would care about having Ukraine or not. Like, who, who, gives, a, who gives a rat's ass? It's there, well, it's not there. Like, well, Russia, Russia actually has, Russia has a very fair point. And I know I'm going to get shot down for saying this. They have a very, very fair point. Why should Ukraine join NATO so they can literally place rockets and missiles on their freaking doorstep? Yeah, like, like that. That to me alone. Yeah. If we just look at it, if we just go, all right, bro, I'm looking at this completely neutrally, right? That's a fair point to invade somewhere. A 200 kilometer buffer? Are you kidding me? Like, so, so that's, and then it's also to me. Does, I mean, if if Gazprom turns off the gas, right? Yeah. Bro, half of 
bloody Europe's going to freeze. Yeah. So I just, I just think that America's kind of at the forefront, like yeah. because As I don't well. know why they're push. I don't know why they're trying to push for this conflict. Money, for bro. What reason? I'm a bit sus that. I reckon because they're going to get smashed in the midterm elections. This is me with my tinfoil hat on, right? Put my tinfoil hat on. No, you're right. I reckon they're going to get so spanked in the midterm elections this year, right, that they're trying to get all the deflection, right, all the media onto the Ukraine and Russia conflict. Oh, look over here, look over here. By the way, vote us in again. Instead of focusing on like, yo, you said you want to sort out the COVID thing. Cover went completely nuts out of you. You're absolutely botched up Afghanistan. There's inflation going through the roof, right? Like the education system, like, you know, it's it's rubbing conservative America, whether rightly or wrongly, the, the wrong way. Like, I don't know, mate. I think it's a little bit, look over here while we're getting, you know, while we've got an election coming up. That's the yeah, same thing I... in Australia. Now the Australian PM, because there's a prime minister this year, and I, look, I'll, I'm probably going to vote for the current PM. I'll, I'll put my hand up in a minute there. What the fuck does Ukraine and Russia have to do with the war about Australia's national security? If anything, Australia's going to make a shit ton of money off it because if the exports of wheat stop out of Ukraine, right? Hello, Australia. The gas stops out of Russia. Hello, Australia. Oil stops. Well, we've got a bit of oil as well. We're going to print money. Well, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you about the whole uh, uh, probably just trying to divert from how bad his administration is doing. But also because now I think inflation is a very real, a real thing. Um, and one thing that always helps inflation is a, is a wartime time economy so i think because in your i think in your economy there's a lot there's a lot of stuff set up for the war machine i think war is yeah, actually really good for american economy and business it's very good so i'm not surprised that this is it, it is they don't really have many options um either they're going to keep making it seem like there's going to be a war so they do have to keep building up uh, materials and such but uh yeah, it's, it's, it's just clear. I mean, the, the, the Democratic Party in the U.S. are just filled with the most idiotic people I've ever, I've ever seen. Really, like, it's just, I don't know how people can actually look at them and be like, yeah, well, yeah, that, they make sense. Not saying the other side is any better, but I really find them much worse. It's just, they, they, they haven't done anything. And it's just, I I don't know. The only thing I can think of the top of my head that they did do that I, that I agree with is um, the infrastructure bill. Oh, I can't wait to see how much fucking money that goes nowhere. (laughs) How successful it be is another question, but yo, I mean, bro, like I said to you, man, that was the first thing I realized when was I 2000 and 2018. Yeah. It was when I was in Philadelphia. And that was the first thing I noticed was how shit the roads were. Oh, they were like, what? They're always shit. You know how much money they spend on fixing that stuff? Before an infrastructure bill has ever been put out, there's always, quote unquote, road work going on. Dude, it's just a bunch of corrupt ass, corrupt ass unions and government people going to be pocketing all the cash. I have zero faith that anything Democrats put into, into practice is going to pay off. Zero. 
I don't think we'll see. The only thing we'll see improvements on are things that are so fucking obvious that like they have to do it because people are going to be like, what the hell? We passed this bill and this bridge is still a piece of shit because thousands of people use it every day. But for like the rural Americans and all the other people in the smaller towns, suburbs, even some of the more minor cities, go get fucked. You're going to, you're just going to get fucked. These, these people are all in it for themselves. They're all in it for themselves. It's so, I, I, uh, I have zero faith nowadays in, in most of our politicians, especially well, no Democrats, man. Politicians, bro. No yeah, one but they're the worst, even... dude, because Democrats are the ones who fucking go around and try to pretend like they're your friends. They are the absolute fucking bottom of the barrel. Pe- Not all of them. There's some good Democrats. They're just Democrats because they want to get elected, but they have a good head on their shoulders. Fine. But a lot of them, the shit that they say, the division that they try to pull into place, and they try to pretend like they're on the side of the little guy or they're like, oh, I'm on the working class side. Oh, I'm on the minority side. And once they get where they want to be, everyone go fuck yourselves. At least on the on the other side, on the Republican side, I know that a lot of those guys aren't really trying to be my friend, right? Like they don't pretend like they're on, they're more like an economic, here, here are the numbers and this is what we want to do. And I think they're, they're more transparent, but on the democratic side, there's such motherfuckers, man. They, they try to put forward the dumbest shit that doesn't actually help the country at all, right? The economy doesn't help. Jobs doesn't help. Social standing, social well-being doesn't help. It's just all bullshit that they try to put in place and they pretend like they give a fuck. It's like, it's the worst person. It's the worst kind of person. Someone who pretends to be your friend and then says, yeah, I'll do this for you. And then just doesn't do it and actually fucks you over and makes money from fucking you over. Like look at Bernie Sanders. He's a classic example. Anybody who supports him, I fuck. Like, how can you support that guy? Mr. Oh, the rich have to pay their fair share. I need your financial support. Once again, go fuck yourself. You know how many houses that dickhead has? He has like five houses. He's like a millionaire. And he's the one going around telling people they have to pay their fair share. If you, if he preached when he spoke, he would sell off his shit, put the money back into the community that he runs and have one fucking house. He doesn't do it. He doesn't do it. He doesn't give a fuck about anybody. He only cares about himself. But so many people... I don't understand. The one thing I don't understand about American politics, your senators, like, they never change. Those fuckers... Yeah, he is old. Yeah, I don't know. and they're still there, bro. Like, put- what? There's, 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 there's no turnover. There's yeah. no turnover. It's the same fucking idiot that's been there for like forty years. Yep. How can you, as a politician, be for the people, by the people, in government, being like having everything thrown at you? They should cap, bro. They should cap it. Ten years done. I agree with done. you. Give them a get, get yeah. fuck it. Give them a huge ass fuck because the whole bureaucratic system's fucked anyway. But get some new blood in there that's like because then it becomes fucking stupid, right? I mean, even yeah. Biden, Biden, Biden was for segregation on buses yeah. and is on file saying, "I don't want my children to be on the bus with black kids," and now he's like for the people, by the people, and he's you know sole brother number one. Typical, like, you shouldn't be in power for that long, bro. <laughs> I, I, I agree. There's, they should have term limits on, on Congress and, and senators, but that'll never pass, obviously, right? Because you have so many congressmen and senators. They're the ones who have to pass the bill. You want to not get elected? You say you want to put term limits on fucking Congress. The whole fucking party is going to drop you. Nobody's going to talk to you because the lobbyists, that's hell for them. 
because now they have to deal with somebody new every four years, right? They don't know what's going to happen. They want to keep it. They want to keep it. It's like the same reason Singapore. Everybody likes Singapore so much, right? If you're if you're if you're a business, the government doesn't change. They deal with the same fucking people who have the same fucking mindset. It's fine. If you're a company and let's say I know that every four years it's going to be a new fucking senator. I don't have to talk to Chuck fucking the penguin from Batman Schumer for the like he's going to be gone. And then who's going to be in charge? Some new fucking guy who might be, hey, you know what? Fuck him. I didn't like what Chuck Schumer did. I'm going to be way more actually cost conscientious about what we're doing and actually try to improve New York. Then they're fucked. Then they can't work anymore. They want to keep the people that they know work for them, work for them. Then they pump money into their campaigns. The party sticks with them because they get to keep their power. It's all a fucking, it's all a fucking rigged game. But if, if you try to run for office and say one of the things that you want to do is put on term limits, I think you would get a lot of support from everyday people, but you won't fucking win. They will bury you before you win. They will do whatever they can to take you out. They'll dig up whatever fucking dirt you had. You went to some fucking sex den in Bogota when you were 19 years old because you were hopped up on cocaine and having the time of your life and you were a stupid kid. That'll be on CNN. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> Not, not speaking yes, from yes, experience, <laughs> but they'll find out for sure as hell because that sounds like my next holiday. <laughs> and they'll be like, "Ooh, there we go, got him!" And and they'll put that everywhere. Then they'll start making shit up. They love doing oh, that. I can't now. go they'll, into politics, bro. God, the, the, yeah, like, it's not it's not stuff. good anymore. Yeah, it's not good. You know, I date. I I I I, I briefly was saw a girl here before my previous girl who was a. Uh, who was a member of the CCP. Right there, I'm out. <laughs> They'll be like, ooh, he has connections with the Chinese government. <laughs> You're like, that, that was, was fucking 20 years ago. <laughs> consider, cons considering we're doing Zoom, um, look, shout out to uh, President Xi, good work on the Beijing Olympics. And because this is going to go and file to the People's Liberation Army of China. Um, yeah, you know, you're doing good work on your technology, guys. You're doing typical, typical Australian. <laughs> Sucking that Chinese dick. <laughs> <laughs> Have some damn respect for yourself. <laughs> uh, mate, you know, as long as long as they don't invade our country, mate, then 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 not that they would. They can buy it anyway. Yeah, I think uh... <laughs> You guys are probably in the same position as a lot of other countries. Is your whole your government will just sell you out anyway? We mate, we got sold out ages ago. There you go. We, we got. We got ah, we're probably out. sold out too, to be honest. Who knows what deals those fuckers make? Yeah, mate, the guy on the the guy on the. Why can't um, we all just get along, Jimbo? Why why can't the world just be a chill place where we can just play video games and enjoy each other's company and not have to worry about all these ridiculous simple. things? All right. I really think it's quite simple. With the blokes, you know, you want to sport or listen to music, have a few beers, you know. Doesn't matter what gender you're into, you like to have a bit of banter. Yeah, fuck it. And then and then the girls, you know, you like your fashion and your gossip and mm. you know, you, you you know, you share in fashion that you share you share you share amongst yourselves that whatever men do or whatever your other, you know, lesbians or genders do, whatever your partner's doing, right? You're not happy with them. That's the one thing that you share, right? It's not that hard to get along. And I've got to admit, mate, I've been to, fuck, I don't know, 35 countries around the world. Yeah. Maybe a bit more. And everywhere I've been, like, people are really good, bro. Yeah. Like, people are just people. Every every country I've been to, 
the general people in the street are wonderful. They're really friendly. Yeah. Um, how does the media, mate? I remember I was in, because um, I've been to, I've actually been into Palestine, to Bethlehem, and I've been in, I was in, uh, obviously, Israel and Jerusalem, and I was in the Arab section of Jerusalem. So uh, the, the old Jerusalem split between Arab, Armenian, Jewish. Yeah. And I think there was something else I can't remember. And uh, so you, you walk around and it's all fine and you go um, to the Al-Aqsa Mosque and um, to get into the Al-Aqsa Mosque, actually, there's an imam mm. that sits next to the Israeli soldiers. Yeah. The imam dictates to the Israeli soldiers who goes in and who goes out, right? Okay. Uh, and so it's all fine and everyone's getting along and, you know, yep, yeah, all, all cool. Turn on the TV. There's fucking riots. There's riots and there's like people throwing bombs and stuff like that. Yeah. Supposedly around the corner from where I'm staying. So I'm like, well, it's kind of weird. I'll go around the corner and have a bit of pink, but bro, nothing. The fucking street that I call was fucking empty. So that's yeah. when I was like, this is fucking bullshit, mate. These fuckers are just putting this on TV, right? Yep. Trying to get everyone all popped up and angry. And yep. it wasn't even fucking there. It's it, it's the media, man. Bad news sells, and it's 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 always bad news. I, I wonder how much nicer the world would be if the media actually just tried to report on good shit, and then everybody kind of just tried to work together to get through some of this, some of this stuff. Maybe next man. podcast, so... that's what we can do. Maybe next podcast, we'll 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 set it up with just good news. Oh, that sounds fun. Let's do that. I I'm cool That'll with that. Absolutely cool. Yeah. yeah. A good news channel. And, and... <laughs> We'll do good news, and in between the good news, we'll do inspirational messages of I love encouragement it. to the people. I love it. Sounds good to me. It gets like one view. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, fuck your good news, you little, you little, little fairies. <laughs> you damn Fruit Loops. <laughs> Give me that negative outlook. <laughs> <laughs> and then because people would start trolling you on Twitter, I'm so annoyed that he's so happy with his life. Yeah, exactly. I'm not happy with my life. <laughs> huh? Who the hell are you to think you should be enjoying yourself? Huh? You think you're better than me? <laughs> yeah, you should be miserable like me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, all right, man. Uh, hopefully, all this recording worked because we're trying Zoom for the first time, Matty. So, um, Let's take it from there. All right, man. Talk next All week. Right. Till next week, Broski. All the best, man. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.